0: to speak with Ibuku. We are in the third and final episode of the series of trauma. We have spoken about what is psychological trauma? How does it turn up? What it looks like? And in this episode, we're going to talk about treatment um, of said trauma. But I would like to welcome back my guest, Dr. Shurimade, welcome.
1: Well, thank you Ibuku.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. And I would want you to please go back to something that was very interesting from episode two. And that was repression and suppression of, of certain events that an individual might might do. Why, why exactly would we either suppress or, or repress? Well,
1: um, repression, suppression, they're both defense mechanisms and they're different types of defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. But we all employ defense mechanisms to stop ourselves from being adversely affected by an event or memories or thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of repression, it's an unconscious process where we block out unpleasant emotions or memories, as opposed to suppression where we acknowledge that those memories are there, but we uh, try to set them aside or we try to forget about them. But it's mm-hmm. all... Uh, to uh, protect us, so to speak, from mm. being av- adversely affected by the said memories or events.
0: Okay. So thank you for, for giving us that insight into into them being used as defense mechanisms. Mm. But from what I understand of defense mechanisms, or, or, or let me not make it defense mechanism, just defending yourself, it's in order for it to not happen again, but repression and suppression is not necessarily That's not the case with them, is it?
1: No, no, no. It's not. When we say defense mechanisms, we are not talking about. Uh, well, it depends on how you see it now. Mm. But what I'm trying to uh, say here is that when one uh, represses something, it's on unco- it's an unconscious process. If mm. uh, as opposed to suppression, that is a conscious process of trying to forget something. But defense mechanisms are basically um, a, a mental process um, to stop us from experiencing conflict or anxiety, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there are different types of them, but today we're talking about suppression and repression. Okay. And sorry, at the risk of uh, sounding like a broken record, repression is an unconscious process. And suppression is a conscious process. But both are geared towards trying to stop us from being adversely affected by unpleasant events or memories or thoughts.
0: Okay, so my thing then is, if it's not stopping that trauma reoccurring, Hmm. how is that helpful or is it helpful?
1: Well, there are instances when your defense mechanism might stop uh a traumatic event from reoccurring because you stop yourself from being exposed to that traumatic event so you put up barriers so to speak mm. that will invariably stop the individual from being in a situation where they'll be traumatized again if you can mm. use the word traumatized as it's uh, the way it's used in the english language that's 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 been uh stop one from being inflicted with an injury so to speak That Mm. would end up or that will lead to emotions or triggering emotions Mm. uh, in response to that uh, uh, injury or that event.
0: Yes. Okay. So, that being said, in what you've seen in your specialty, which you've explained is old age psychiatry, for trauma that has been repressed or suppressed, how has that served? patients like and I'm, I'm almost trying to point out the uh, if there is a case for confronting trauma when it happens head-on and not repressing or suppressing it which I know are two of many other defense mechanisms that could be employed
1: well it's it's it, it, again when we had this discussion, I think the first part of this interview, we said we have different responses to the same, uh, tra- uh, trauma, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, the, the, the standard English definition of trauma is a physical injury inflicted on a person by some external agent. Yes. Now, if it's not affecting you, then, um, or the individual, then there is nothing to confront. Do you follow what I'm trying to say?
0: I do. I do. Because
1: it's only if that event evokes responses mm. that uh, lead to mental or physical health problems, uh, then ideally that individual should seek help. Maybe it's stopping them from forming relationships or mm. stopping them from functioning properly at work, or it's causing them to have uh, uh, physical health problems that are quite troubling. Mm. Or they're having nightmares or flashbacks or they're numb emotionally, uh, or they're avoiding things that remind them of that particular traumatic event, then they mm. should seek help. But if it's not affected them in any way, if not evoked any response in them, then there's really not nothing to, there's nothing to confront, I would mm. say. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, okay. it's not meant anything to them. Let's put it that it, way.
0: It, it, Totally. If yeah. it's not affected you, move on. But if it has affected you, but you then don't address it, because mm. we're about to start talking about treatment um, modalities. Mm. Why is it better? It, it's, it sounds like a very, it, it's a funny question, um, me asking it, but I would ask it anyway. Is it better if it has affected you to address it head-on, or employ a
1: defense mechanism? Well, I, I would suggest that it's best to attend to it if it's possible, but there are times when defense mechanisms are also good, at least for a period of time, until okay. the individual feels able to attend to the um, effect of the traumatic uh, experience on them. But Mm. One might say generally it's always good if you can attend to 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 those responses to attend to them. And mm. something else I was going to say that something called vicarious trauma or secondary trauma mm. and that someone in contact with uh, an individual who's uh, experienced a traumatic event also um exhibits symptoms. Yes. As if they were actually uh, affected by the initial traumatic events themselves mm. so if you exposed to the traumatic event. They weren't exposed to the um, injury or to the um, distressing event, mm-hmm. but somehow, some way, because they've been in contact with the person who's been exposed to those uh, uh, events or to that event, they themselves exhibit symptoms as if they were the ones exposed to the initial traumatic event.
0: Wow. How do you help someone like that? So this is a perfect segue. Let's start with with those who um, who have had secondary trauma. How do you help someone who hasn't actually gone through that event, but because of their exposure to someone who has been tra- traumatized, exhibit that? H- how do you help? How do you help?
1: Depends on how it's manifesting, and if it's physical health, then you attend to the physical health problems. If it's mental health, then one attends to the mental health problems. So it depends, or if it's both, because we yeah. both, uh, then it's it's treating whatever manifestations that they might have.
0: Is there is there a situation where by just treating, if it's both, by just treating the mental health um, aspect, it would then result in, in um, treatment of the physical?
1: i i think one might translate to the other but um there are instances when you have to attend to both manifestations in the mental and physical health okay.
0: okay
1: but usually what what tends to be said is that if um because there are different types of therapy as you you might know there is the talking therapy there is the medical therapy that is when one attends to the social environment of the mm-hmm. individual some people might also say depending on your faith that spiritual uh therapy is available mm. to some. And some also deal with what we call ecological therapy as it were, using animals, hiking, mm. gardening, exposing themselves to nature, mm. uh that might also work for some people. But, but and uh it it's 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 also um said that if you can attend to what is causing this um symptoms, as it were, mentally, then there might be a resolution of physical health manifestation. Yes.
0: Okay. Because some You people, might have to treat both. I was going to give an example in, in terms of of where some people have said just by forgiving someone, their headache's gone.
1: Well, yes, that's the spiritual therapy you're talking about uh, mm. because... Um obviously different people have different faiths and beliefs. Mm-hmm. I uh am a Christian so I can only speak from the Christian point of view. Mm-hmm. And we know that uh the Bible makes it clear that uh if you look at Psalm thirty four eighteen that the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and mm-hmm. save those who are crushed in spirit. So if it's a traumatic event, uh and the individual is now broken hearted or crushed in spirit because of that. Mm-hmm. We can talk to God in prayers because we know that, uh, Philippians 4, 6 talks about not being anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we make a request known unto God. So if yes. it's to do about forgiving someone, if it's to do about asking God to heal, uh, one from whatever experiences or responses one is, uh, exhibiting in response to a traumatic event, then that's also possible spiritually. Mm. Um, and you mentioned forgiveness. We know that uh, Job, if one looks at Job, uh, yes. I think it's in the uh, latter verses in Job, he forgave mm-hmm. um, people that tormented him and that freed him to an mm-hmm. extent from wow. some of his um, experiences. So there's a spiritual beat and obviously that is not to say that people might not require medication. Mm-hmm. So, if it's depression, it can be treated, uh, if it's anxiety, it can be treated medically and um, psychologically too, there is something known as cognitive behavioural therapy. Oh,
0: sorry, could you say is, that slowly for us, please? Oh,
1: c- cognitive behavioural therapy. Okay. Uh, and um, it's it's something usually practiced by um, specialists in psychology, psychologists, mm-hmm. and um, there's another uh, type of uh, treatment known as eye movement and uh, desensitization uh, therapy. Oh, sorry, okay. EMDR, eye movement desensitization and uh, processing. Okay. And uh, basically, all these uh, treatments, uh, sorry, let me take that again. Okay. EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing.
0: Okay. EMDR,
1: add EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, okay. as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, usually out by psychologists. Mm-hmm. And these techniques help people to reduce their vivid, unwanted uh, uh, um, recollection of traumatic events, and that invariably uh, reduces the uh, manifestations of their responses in terms of their mental and physical health?
0: So this is good to know um, because you don't know unless you ask the question that Mm -hmm. there are actually methods that I guess uh, people in that specialty take uh, patients through to help them from a psychiatry perspective. So could I ask them, so I am based in the UK as you are as well, and apologies to listeners outside of the UK, but please do check your local health authorities' response to trauma. And please, like Dr. Shurimade has, uh, has said, seek help. It's better to confront it if you have the means and ability to do so. So I want to bring this to the UK. In the UK, what is available for anyone who wants to address trauma that they've been through?
1: Well, we're talking about trauma that has um, elicited responses in their mental and physical health, as it were. Yes. Yes. So like I said, there is uh, uh, medical treatment available depending on what mental health manifestation there is. Mm-hmm. And there is also psychological therapy, like I said, cognitive behavioral therapy, as well as eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Those are okay. some of the therapies available uh, for treating uh, psychological um, trauma. Okay. And there is also what we call ecological therapy or eco as it were, where people... Um, use animals um, interaction with animals or perhaps walking, hiking, gardening relating to nature that mm-hmm. might also help them um, attend to psychological trauma and then there's also what we know as the social aspects of treatment where you improve the environment of the individual and they have meaningful social and community connections and interactions mm-hmm. um, they have resources that they use in their own world as it where people they can talk to not on a formal basis as in when they talk to psychologists but people they just confide in and people um, who are there to afford them soothing words and um, reassurance and so on and so forth mm-hmm. and like we said obviously there's a spiritual aspect of treatment too um, depending on the individual's faith and beliefs
0: okay so, from a medical perspective, I know yes, in the UK we have the NHS. So, does it start with a general practitioner? Do, um, how? So, how can um uh, someone who is listening to this in the UK thinking actually I need to address this trauma? What is the first step they they should take that wouldn't intimidate them from not taking it? If you understand my question.
1: Yes. Now, first of all, we need to say we're talking about psychological trauma here. Yes. We're speaking specifically about psychological
0: trauma. Yes. Yes.
1: And again, we're saying psychological trauma is the response of an individual to an event that they find highly stressful or distressing. So, in essence, the response of an individual to a traumatic event, so to speak.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. And... Um, if it's going to be from the medical point of view, the usual first uh, port of call is the general practitioner and um, there are times that it's clear from the outset that this is psychological trauma and there are times that especially if it's uh, uh, physical health manifestation that is not clear mm-hmm. and it's perhaps when uh, they're referred on to, even with the GP there are times when the GP when they take time to interview the patients, they find out that this is actually stemming from some traumatic events, and this is just a physical health or mental health manifestation mm. of the individual's response to that particular event. And if it's something that the GP can attend to, they would do so. If they can't, then they'll be found to specialist services, and specialist services would also use the resources available at their disposal to attend to the individual.
0: Okay. So if I could summarize um, this, it's along the lines of acknowledge if you have faced something that you've employed any of the many defense mechanisms to. And if you are, is it if, or is it an encouragement of you really should go and address it?
1: Well, the the truth of the matter, like we said, uh, throughout this discussion is that People respond to traumatic events in different ways. But if it's beginning to cause trouble, Mm. you're not functioning well at home or at work, you're resorting to drugs, alcohol, and illicit substances, or stopping the individual from forming relationships, or Mm. it's actually adversely affecting them mentally or physically, then I think it stands to reason for the individual to seek help.
0: Mm. Stands to reason, let's let's leave it at that. It stands to reason for you to seek help. And if you're in the UK, talk to your GP and let them help you and be be, be honest with yourself in terms of how you want to, to go about this. Because as we discussed in one of the episodes, this could turn up at the most random of places. Um, and this is why we record um, sessions like this. It's so that you as an as the listener could hopefully glean from this and inspire you to address any situations you might be going through to help you heal and help you be a better version of yourself, like they say. Cliché, I know, but it's true. You need to do something if there is a problem. Don't wallow in it. Don't stay in it and just and just leave it to chance and all and, of providence to see what happens next. So I want to say thank you, and I hope you would agree with me that you I, I have gained insight in, uh, more into psychological trauma by talking to Dr. Shurimade. So I'd like to say thank you so much for coming to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, for inviting me.
0: You are very welcome. And for the listeners, please go to our Instagram feed at Speak Podcast. Let us know that this has helped you or has helped someone in your family as well. Uh, We'll look forward to hearing from you and we will get in touch with you if you want us to. The email address is in our contact information in, in the description of this podcast. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, whatever you're doing.